I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hey, chickens. Uh, we are getting a recap of Mask of Mandragora from Matt. Uh, he is a theoretician from our Patreon fun group. Um, I don't know when it became a Patreon fun group, but it is. Um, we've got a book club there. Uh, <laughs> if you want, we're reading a book called The Humans by Matt Haig, uh, which was suggested by Alyssa, uh, one of our theoreticians. Uh, <laughs> so feel free to join in. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard. Uh, anyway, Matt continues. It's his birthday episode. Uh, oh, not this one. He's in between three and four, isn't he? Um, anyway, it's his birthday month. Um, Mask of Mandragora, episode two. Back in Italy's gay suburb of San Martino, uh, the Doctor avoids beheading with some clever scarf play and a quite impressive leap onto the back of a horse. Thankfully, this escape is aided by Count Federico having used the same agency for his guards as every other TV and film villain for the last 100 years. You'd think at some point someone would realise the need Poor, highly trained foot soldiers. <laughs> this is somewhat explained when one of the guards opens his mouth and despite playing an Italian, presents a pretty thick West Country accent. Not a million miles away from Adam's fourth Doctor impression. There's lovely. Um, that's not even... I, I tried to do Welsh and I tried to do the fourth Doctor and I came out with nothing. Um, <laughs> the Who fan group, meanwhile, are holding a lovely ritual to resurrect William Hartnell because Doctor Who's never been as good since episode three of An Unearthly Child. Yes, I called it An Unearthly Child and not 100,000 BC. Um, they've hypnotised Sarah and put her into some kind of trance. Although anyone who's attended an official Who fan gathering in an enclosed space will know that the bodily odour can have this effect on anyone. Oh, that's cruel. Matthew. And also now with coronavirus, you don't have to be that close to anyone ever again. Um, The group has a leader now, though, a mysterious figure in a purple robe and a golden mask. Sarcastically, I wonder who this could possibly be. (laughs) 
The rest of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society have similar face masks, although they're not as posh and look like... So I've cut something out there. Um, <laughs> if you want to hear it, you can go to patreon.com. There will be an unedited version. Um, following a rousing song and dance rendition of the Hokey Cokey... Um, the brethren lose focus on what's happening under their noses and the Doctor rescues Sarah from her impending sacrifice with a Mandragora Helix Sparkler attacking the cult members. See, we've always been warned not to play with fireworks. <laughs> uh, confirmed Bachelor Giuliani is examining the Smurf-like remains of the villager, the Helix energy turned blue, and appears to be attended by the gossipiest guard who reads tabloid newspapers and believes and retells their fantastical news reporting to anyone who will listen as fact. <laughs> oh, Giovanni, they say that Rita down at number six has been dating a fire demon. She'll need to be careful she doesn't get her fingers burnt. Giuliano addresses Marco as his old friend, but he's kidding no one. Uh, we've all introduced a boyfriend to our parents as my friend from school back in the day. <laughs> the Doctor Who Club have started worshipping a light. This may have been during the wilderness years where they'd have worshipped a compost heap if it had the 70s Who logo slapped on it. <laughs> but this does remind me of my favourite joke. How many Who fans does it take to change a light bulb? None. They just sit around for 16 years and wait for it to come back on. Oh, very silly. Um, it's very possible they worshipping the light because of the third Doctor cosplayer who's so very pale-skinned and he's attempting to get a tan. Uh, this tanning lamp of terror then starts chattering away to the group's leader who, when unmasked, is revealed to be none other than ZZ Top fan himself, Hieronymus. I bet you're as shocked as I am. Uh, the Doctor and Sarah, however, are finally getting to meet the best friends, really, just best friends themselves. Um, Sarah seems to get on very well with them instantly, but then Liz Slatham always loved the gays. <laughs> Once again, Giuliano can't bring himself to say it and introduces Marco as his companion. Uh, Marco, meanwhile, bow, blows the whole pretense when he reveals himself to be a massive drama queen, screeching about threats to Giuliano's throne and how Federico wants to kill his nephew. All the time, Giuliano's trying to get him to chill out while having a face on him that says, she's going off on one again. <laughs> Giuliano tells the doctor how much he craves for contact with men uh, of learning and science. Um, that was nearly a shock on par with the purple cloak being revealed as Hieronymus. Elsewhere, old Federico and his whip discovers Giuliano's plan to hold a party of clever people a list of the great and good from all Italy, and throws a hissy fit calling him a puppy. Oh, get her. He decides Giuliano needs to be killed before he can gain support from these people and tasks Hieronymus with another bit of astrology, predicting and then poisoning his young nephew. Uh, Hieronymus heads back to his dungeon to get a tan top up from the tanning map of terror. He'll be Trump Orange soon. Uh, the Doctor is doing the traditional episode 2 info dump now explaining how the Mandragora Helix wants to take over the Earth and is using the cult members and their group to take control. I've never quite figured out why so many aliens and entities want this planet, to be honest. It's a bit of a dump, all told. <laughs> the best way to stop Mandragora at this stage is to destroy the temple the cult are using for their screenings of the rare 1960s episodes. In order to get there to do this, Giuliano suggests they use the back exit. Yeah, I bet he does. Um, off they go into the sunlight where the true extent of Giuliano's not-before-9pm tights really does blind you. I mean, you can tell his religion. <laughs> Uh, whilst all of this is going on, Federico's been feeling and has settled down to a few beauty treatments. 
Ah, because he's worth it. Uh, on learning of Juliana's movements, he leaps up and decides now is the time to kill his problematic nephew, heading off to the temple to find and kill him himself, along with a dozen or so of the useless guards who will no doubt get into a tangle with some stinging nettles or something. Uh, outside, the doctor has gone on into the temple alone and by standing in the wrong spot has been attacked by the sound of some wind chimes. <laughs> Not that terrifying in theory. But experience of the noise caused by the next door neighbours every time there's a slight breeze tells me that the Doctor clearly had a similar back neighbour back on Gallifrey. I reckon it was the Rani. She seems a wind chime time. <laughs> the Who fan group, determined to prevent K9 and company from ever happening, however, have grabbed Sarah again and still determined they're going to sacrifice her, possibly to Philip Morris in return for Marco Polo episode one. Roll credits. Two episodes down and we're yet to see a woman anywhere. John Nathan Turner wasn't the producer at this point, was he? <laughs> It's all very slanderous. Um, Mask of Mandragora, episode three. Just like in real life, it seems someone who will remain nameless took a pair of gardening shears to the wind chimes and the Doctor is released from his audio torment. No, not the Big Finish 8 Doctor and Kara's releases. Yes, I know, though. A colour changer on audio. Oh, I like those ones. Um, And the walls light up with pretty pictures. It's like he's trapped in a bad museum exhibit. Running outside, he joins in a sword fight between Giuliano and the Count's guard. Lots of swashbuckling and shoes, but with the guards about as useful as with a sword as they are with a cocktail stick, it's not long before the worst they inflict is a ladder in Giuliano's tights. All right, they give him a little nick on his arm, but which I'm later convinced Giuliano thinks gives his outfit a delightful scarlet tone. <laughs> The Who fan brethren turn up and chase everyone away. Who wouldn't run from a group of rabid Who fans? So the Doctor and Giuliano head back to hide in the catacombs and name drop outrageously from Cleopatra to Florence Nightingale. Uh, Well, there's some women in the story, finally. Um, (laughs) There's a lovely bond between them with Giuliano looking to the Doctor to confirm his scientific theories and a really sweet moment where the Doctor teases him for being nervous when he quite rightly should be. The kind of interaction between characters was great and it's a shame the Doctor and Wannabe Scholar were never more of a proper combination in the TARDIS. Oh no, I've probably given Big Finish ideas again. (laughs) Sarah is once again the highly sought after chosen sacrifice, probably because she's the only female that's been in been seen in three episodes and old Rodrigo the Fay was starting to get a bit worried with everyone looking at him funny. Uh, San Martino seems to be a complete no-go zone for women. But if they sacrifice all of them as soon as they set foot in the town, it's small wonder it's Italy's sausage central. <laughs> Hieronymus is playing with his BBC special effects dry ice kit with his sub-leader, the third Doctor cosplayer. They're very anti-unbelievers, who I presume to mean Star Trek fans. <laughs> Hieronymus proceeds to roofie Sarah. Oh, he's clearly forgotten how to deal with women, seeing as how they're nowhere to be seen, and thinks this is the way to woo her. Just to make sure, he's popped out to the Port Mirian gift shop to buy a cheap key ring to hypnotise her, programming her to kill the doctor with a poison skull pin. Also available from the Port Mirian gift shop, five ninety nine. <laughs> Rossini is in conversation with Federico and proving he's every bit as into the tabloid gossip as the rest of San- the San Martino guards offering up stories with the opening they say. Uh, you can picture them all set around the table in their restroom. I hear that Giuliana has been seen out with young Raphael recently. Wonder how Marco will feel about that. Uh, Federico, however, has come up with a new plan to discredit the obstacle to his dukedom by outing Giuliano as a devotee of Demnos, which I presume to be a 15th century lingo for friend of Dorothy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Woozy from the roofie Sarah has conveniently. <laughs> 
Uzi from the roofies, Sarah has conveniently turned up about a half a tunnel away from where the Doctor and Giuliano started looking for her. In a classic moment of Doctor Who lore, she starts to question how she can understand Giuliano when he's clearly not going to be speaking English and the old Doctor Who cliche machine kicks in with a perfectly placed, I'll explain later. <laughs> Marco, meanwhile, is practising his Instagram poses with an attempt at the thinker when the incompetent guard company, TM, burst in and drag him off to some dark dungeon. I'm sure he's paid for this in advance. There are people you can pay for it, apparently. Uh, all right, we will continue this uh, in the next episode. Um, if you want to hear the unedited one, patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.